to the Fantasy Shed On Air podcast. Everything you need to win your league. And now, your host, Rich Piazza. What's up, everybody? Thanks for listening to another episode of Fantasy Shed On Air. I am Rich Piazza, and today I want to talk about a couple of players that have been talked about a lot recently on social media, on fantasy Twitter, one way or another, and how you feel about them. Uh, first and foremost, though, obviously, I hope everybody is safe and healthy and doing okay. Hopefully, we do have a football season, although it, it seems that more and more NFL players are now testing positive for COVID. Hopefully, this is out of the way by the time the season or training camp uh, is supposed to get on their way. So hopefully we do. Things are going in the right direction as far as that goes. Um, I heard today that the NFL has a lot of things in place, a lot of safety measures and precautions in place for when they do get the season going. Um, There has been some chatter about expanding the roster the NFL rosters in this time. So if a player or so does, or you have a, a situation where a lot of people on a team are exposed or test positive, they have players, uh, will have enough players at their disposal. I don't know what the number is going to be yet, but that, o- but that should also be something that you consider that we consider um, in the fantasy industry as well. Uh, maybe upgrading our roster size. Now, of course that will lead to uh, less movement, on the waiver wire, which is, you know, something that we we have to deal with. You know, that might be one of the things that we have to um, sacrifice uh, in this year. So just keep that in mind. Uh, Nothing else going on. Uh, You still have Jamal Adams out there with his feud with the Jets, and I'm going to be actually recording uh, an episode on that shortly just about Jamal Adams because I have a lot to say about him. But other than that, it's been pretty quiet. So let's just get right to what I want to talk about. And those are those two players I mentioned are Aaron Jones and Austin Eckler. And I'm going to start with Austin Eckler. And the thing is, and I wrote about this on a featured piece um, on Fantasy Pros. So uh, go check that out. It's uh, it's uh, the biggest trap plays of 2020, I think is the title of it. And Austin Eckler in a half point PPR. First of all, standard scoring, which I don't know why anybody still plays with, you know, standard scoring, non PPR, and not even half PPR. But standard scoring, Austin Eckler has very limited value. His value is really in the half point and and full point, especially PPR leagues. But even in a half point PPR, Austin Eckler is going as an RB1. He's currently going as the 12th running back off the board, and overall, he's going in the second round. I am not touching Austin Eckler at that ADP. Not even close. There's a lot of people saying, oh, well, Melvin Gordon isn't there. No, Melvin Gordon isn't there, but Joshua Kelly and Justin Jackson are, and if we think that Austin Eckler is going to be a bell cow type of running back, you could forget it. He's a third down running back. He'll get runs, no doubt about it. He'll get some in the ca- he'll get some carries. But that's not his specialty. And that's not what they want to use him for. And you can look at the contract he signed. It's a very modest contract. But they didn't sign him as somebody who's going to get the ball 300 plus times or 250 plus times a game. Maybe I'm a little too high on Joshua Kelly who I believe has three down potential. You're not going to see that here. 
with the Chargers because you have Eckler there for third down. But Kelly has three down potential. Now, whether or not he is even the early down back to begin with, that remains to be seen. He's a rookie. There was really no rookie uh, training camp. It's going to be a shortened a shortened camp, so he's probably at a little bit of a disadvantage here. Okay, So Justin Jackson might actually have a leg up on him right now. But either one of those guys are going to get the primary carries on first and second down. Austin Eckler is not going to get 108 targets, which is what he had last year. He's just not. Tyrod Taylor and Justin Herbert are not that type of quarterback. They're not Phillip Rivers. Rivers had the second most checkdown rate out of any quarterback the past two years outside of Derek Carr. And Tyrod Taylor and Justin Herbert are not that type of, of quarterback. They are more mobile. They are more athletic, and they're more apt to run with the ball when things break down rather than check down to Eckler or whoever the running back is. That's the way it's going to be. And that's where Austin Eckler makes his money. That's where he's valuable, is catching the ball. And I'm not talking about design screens. That's different. I'm just talking about simple check downs. You're not going to have as much of it under these two quarterbacks. And if you say, oh, well, they, you know, they might sign Colin Kaepernick. Great. Same thing. Athletic, mobile, fast. Even worse, probably, if you ask me, for Austin Eckler. Because Colin Kaepernick is faster than probably both Tyrod Taylor and Justin Herbert, obviously. So you, you have to bring these expectations down. And a second round ADP for somebody that is not going to be the quote-unquote featured back. He's just not. There's going to be a timeshare. His his targets will go down, as I mentioned. And he had, off the top of my head, I'm trying to think, um, was it 11 total touchdowns last year? And I think it was maybe four rushing. I could be wrong. I don't have it in front of me, so shame on me for that. But he had zero rushing touchdowns from when Melvin Gordon came back and ended his holdout. Zero. All his rushing touchdowns came while Melvin Gordon was not playing, while he was holding out. What is that saying? He was good enough to do the job when Melvin Gordon was out, but as soon as they had somebody who they felt was better at doing the job, they went in that direction. And the same could be said with the addition of Joshua Kelly. Bigger back... Probably the guy who I think they look at in the red zone and near the goal line. So Austin Eckler, his touchdowns are going to regress. His targets are going to regress. He is not worth a second round grade. He is not worth going as a running back one because you will not get RB1 numbers from him this year. Now, if he's available late in the third, I'll take him. I'm not saying don't draft him. I'm not saying stay away from him. I'm saying stay away from him at where he's going now. Things have to change, and they could. We're only in June. But things have to change with his ADP in order for me to like him. So I'm staying away from Eckler at his ADP at this moment. Late third round, I'm fine with it. If I want to make him my RB2, I'm okay with that. I'm not counting on him to be my running back one. You will set yourself up. For disaster, if that's the case. Aaron Jones. Jones finished as uh, the number two overall running back in half-point PPR leagues last year. Uh, 19 total touchdowns, I believe it was. 
And he's still not getting the love that I think he should. And let me tell you why. I'm probably higher on him and why I think he may be a better fantasy asset than you think for 2020. Because I see many people across the industry that want to fade Aaron Jones this season. And it could be because they drafted A.J. Dillon in the second round this past spring. It could be the presence of Jamal Adams is still there. And those are valid reasons why you might not want Aaron Jones is the addition of A.J. Dillon and having Jamal Williams there. However, we can all agree that the Packers' 2020 draft selections had more to do with the future than the current team, which was a front office fail considering where they ended up last year being a game away from going to the Super Bowl. And they still had some holes to fill, but that's a whole nother story. The addition of A.J. Dillon tells me that the team has no plan on re-signing Jones and perhaps Williams as well. Williams might not even make it out of camp. Not saying they'll release him, but it's possible they trade him. I think A.J. Dillon this year impacts Jamal Williams' fantasy value more than it does Aaron Jones. But let's take a look at the Le'Veon Bell situation from his, his last Steelers days. His contract dispute, and, and you'll see where I'm going with this, I hope. His contract dispute began in 2016. And I'm not saying there's a contract situation between the Packers and Jones, because right now there isn't at this point. But the Steelers, they slapped the franchise tag on Le'Veon Bell in the beginning of 2017. They drafted a running back that spring in the name of James Conner in the third round. Why? Because after Bell turned down their offer that would have paid him $42 million in the first three seasons of a five-year deal, they had no intention of signing him to a deal anymore. None. Bell, he eventually signed that franchise tag right before week one of that season. He played week one. It was not a great game. It was pretty disastrous. You saw the effects of not having a training camp. But forget what he did. Look at how they used him. Again, knowing very well that they were not resigning after the season. 321 carries and 85 receptions. For those that are trying to do the math, that's 406 touches on the season. On top of another 21 targets. And who knows how many plays were called back due to penalties. That's even more than what Christian McCaffrey had this past season. It seemed like McCaffrey had the ball the entire time. He had 403 touches. Not to get sidetracked. But what did Bell and McCaffrey have in common? And you'll see where I'm going with this. A knowing change for the following season. Yes, the Steelers did tag Bell for a second straight season. Even after his 406 touches. But they knew there was no way that he was signing that second tag. They knew... Le'Veon Bell was not going to be back with the team the following season, regardless if it was going to be him not signing the tag, him retiring as he threatened to do, or them trading him. So why not use him as much as they can? 406 touches. In McCaffrey's case, he wasn't going anywhere. In fact, he signed an extension. But guess who knew he was going somewhere? Ron Rivera and the Turners, both Nerv, uh, Norv and Scott. And you can see now where I'm going with this. 
Aaron Jones will not be back with the Packers next season. He will be heavily used this upcoming season. 285 total touches last year, and he did a lot with those touches. It is not all that much. Jamal Williams was involved last season. And whether that was by design, knowing what this season holds, I don't know. I'm not inside the organization. I can't tell you that. But what I could tell you is looking ahead, and you have a running back as effective as Aaron Jones in a contract year after you trade, after you, I'm sorry, after you draft a running back in A.J. Dillon for a reason, your plan is to use Aaron Jones. So when you look at what he did with 285 total touches, make no mistake about it. I'm looking at Jones as somebody who's going to be a 350 plus touch season. Yeah, 350 total touches. Why not? He's talented. He's a good player and he won't be with you next year. You're not signing him. Give him the ball. Let him do what he does. Break him down and then let him walk. And that's why I think why I think Aaron Jones may be a better fantasy asset than some people think. And maybe I'm completely off base and I'm wrong. It wouldn't be the first time and it sure wouldn't be the last time. But that's how I feel. Austin Eckler, Aaron Jones, Austin Eckler, you're overpaying for right now. Don't do it. Aaron Jones, you might be underpaying for right now. Go ahead and do it. Thanks for listening, guys. Hope everybody stays safe, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to Fantasy Shed on Air. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at FantasyShed underscore com for information on upcoming episodes as we help guide you to a fantasy football championship.